Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining. We have an important subject to talk about today, and that is why I'm buying stock so aggressively right now, despite the fact that the S&P 500 has gone up 20% this year. As I've been investing and putting more cash into my portfolio, I get asked a lot, why are you still investing when the stock market has already gone up so much? Because we can all look at the graphs here. The S&P 500 over the past trailing 12 months is up 30.52%. Since just year to date, it's up 21%. This is pretty incredible. The stock market's going up like crazy. Now that begs the question, is it really a good time to be buying right now when the stock market has recently gone up as much as it has? There's a lot of hesitancy to be buying stocks when the stock market recently went up. And I think there's a lot more hesitancy because of scary news and scary thumbnails. In fact, let me go ahead and just throw up some of the thumbnails on YouTube of just the previous week, just the past seven days. We have one right here. This says bad news, big shocked face, has Biden on it, and literally flames in the background. This is from just a couple days ago. We have another one here from our, our favorite Graham Stephan over there. He, he has one that says 12 more days, and then it has an arrow going down. Again, fire flames in the background. And this gives some sense of impending doom. What's going to happen in 12 days to bring the stock market down? Then we have another one. This is another recent one from Graham, where it's a bubble being popped with a pin, and it has negative 69%. And then we have another one, 2021, with a house literally underwater. I think that one has flames in the sky. These look a little frightening, but these are actually fantastic thumbnails because the purpose of a thumbnail is to get people to click on a video and nobody does it better than Graham. So even though these are a little bit frightening, they give you a reason to click. You wanna click to see what's going wrong. What's gonna happen in 12 days? Why is the stock market gonna go down 69%? In 2021, what's gonna make homes go underwater? People are gonna be underwater in their mortgages, right? What's gonna cause that? Every one of them give you some impending reason to click on those videos. We have a couple more we could throw up. The next market correction, that was just from a couple days ago. And then of course we have Meet Kevin. It's him looking pretty frightening, again with flames in the thumbnail. That's a pretty popular theme right now, is to have everything on fire. Now I'm not trying to criticize these creators. In fact, these thumbnails are very effective. They're very good thumbnails. They do exactly what the purpose of a thumbnail is, is to get you to click on a video to make interest, to make it so that you want to click on it to get some questions answered. And it's not just YouTube that's doing this. In fact, the major media does this as well. Michael Burry is in the news all the time. In fact, he's someone that I've talked about frequently on recent episodes. He has big bets on inflation and the Fed losing control of the economy and treasury sinking. Those are pretty dramatic and incredible predictions that could cause someone to be worried about the stock market. We also have news like this. Chinese internet stocks are falling like crazy. They're getting crushed right now. Companies like Tencent and Alibaba are down 50% plus from their all-time highs. They are having an incredible pullback. We have more bad and shocking news from the financial media. The US stocks whipsaw on Fed taper concerns and global growth jitters. They cite again Chinese stocks falling and the fact that Jerome Powell says that he might taper the buying of bonds. Many investors look at the Fed tapering and say, well, that's gonna crash the market. The Fed's not supporting the market, it's gonna crash it. Now, in addition to all of that, in addition to Michael Burry predicting hyperinflation and treasury sinking, in addition to Chinese stocks falling, and in addition to the Fed saying that they are potentially tapering bond buying, we also have Delta spreading around and there's front page articles that it's hospitalizing more children. 
which is, again, terrible news. Now, after all of that, after being bombarded with these scary thumbnails with flames in the background or this scary financial news, it's difficult to stay bullish on the stock market. It's actually very easy to become pessimistic and say, you know what, I'm going to wait outside of the stock market for a while. I'm not going to stay invested. Well, I don't really agree with that. I think that staying invested is the best thing to do. I think there's a lot more upside for the stock market, and I think there's more reasons to be bullish than to be bearish. So let me go through and explain the four major reasons that I'm currently bullish on the stock market. In number one, we have personal savings. Simply put, this is the amount of money that people have in their checking account, in their savings account. It averages a certain level, and that's right here. You can see the average year after year after year. All the way from 2013 to 2019, it averaged around the same level. And then, of course, the sell-off happened in 2020. The Fed gave out a lot of stimulus. That savings rate went way up temporarily to boost the economy. People spent a lot of that money, so it came back down. But even right now, the personal savings level is about double what it historically has been for the past 10 years. So people have liquidity right now. They have personal savings. They have money. They have a lot more money than they did the prior 10 years. Now, in addition to the total amount people have saved already in their checking account and savings account is their savings rate, how much money they're saving out of every paycheck, all their income. From 2013, the savings rate was somewhere around 6% to maybe 7%. Some cases it got all the way up to eight, but just briefly, and it would go back down to 7%. This is what it was like all the way from 2013 to about 2020. Well, of course, the savings rate went up a lot when the stimulus was given out. But again, even right now, after the stimulus has already been given out, the savings rate is still at 9.4%. People are saving nearly 10% of their income. And that's while they already have a lot in savings. So overall, between the savings rate and the personal savings already, people have a lot of cash. There's a lot of money and liquidity waiting on the sidelines. Now, why does this matter? Why does personal savings rate matter? Why does the amount that people have in liquidity matter? What does this have to do with the stock market? Well, Mohammed El Arian explains why. The reason why we came back is that this market is deeply conditioned to buy the dips. And it has worked extremely well, and the market will continue to buy the dips. You need a major shock to this marketplace to shake out this behavioral conditioning. It is very, very deep. Because people buy the dip. And in order to buy the dip, you need money. And a lot of people have money right now sitting on the sidelines. And so even if there is a dip in the market, it'll be bought up quickly by people with a lot of liquidity waiting on the side. Like he says, it'll take a lot more to take this market down than a simple dip. It would take an enormous, unexpected shock. So number one, we have personal savings. And number two, we have business savings. Just like we went over with individuals having a lot of liquidity, a lot of cash, and higher savings rates, many businesses are in the exact same situation. Many of them have low amounts of debt, they have high amounts of net income, and they have a lot of cash on hand right now. In fact, if we look at the five-year trend, businesses right now have about double the amount of money on average that they have for the past five years. Because if we go back to 2020, many of these companies prepared for the absolute worst. They thought that their business was going to struggle. And for most of them, that was not the case. In fact, many businesses had a record year in 2020. So a lot of companies during 2020 that froze their dividend payments and stopped their share buybacks, and they sheltered in place, preparing for the absolute worst, actually didn't have such a bad outcome. So even today, a lot more businesses are running much more lean than they were in 2020. And while cutting their cost structure, making their businesses more lean, some of them had record revenues and record net incomes. So now they're sitting with a stockpile of cash. 
Now, what do companies do when they have too much cash, when they have too much money sitting on the balance sheet, far more than they need to run their business? What they do is they pay it back in dividends and share buybacks. And that's what we're seeing right now. Dividend payouts are expected to hit $1.4 trillion in 2021. That's getting close to the level of 2019. So in 2021, dividend payments are back surging, and we're seeing the same thing with share buybacks. The banks are in a very different situation than they were at the end of the global financial crisis. They actually have a huge amount of capital um, spare. Some people argue they're overcapitalized. So I actually think that I do have confidence that these dividends are going to be sustainable and and are going to possibly even grow slightly from these levels. Dividends tend to go up over time, as you can see from this graph. Every year it trends upwards, unless we get a major shock like we had in 2020. Many companies were reasonably fearful, and they proactively halted their dividends just to make sure, just to make sure that nothing bad would happen to their company. But as we make our way out of 2020 and into 2021 further, and companies know how to operate and deal in this environment, they're now saying that dividends are back on the table. Now, if we look at an overview of buybacks and dividends quarter by quarter of the S&P 500, this paints a very clear picture of what's going on. You can see that in 2018 and 2019, the dividends and share buybacks were pretty good. They're pretty high. And then we had the sudden drop in Q2 of 2020. Right there, the stock market was very worried. A lot of companies proactively and reasonably said, look, we need to hold off on share buybacks and dividends until the coast becomes a little bit more clear. Well, if we look at Q1 of 2021, it's over double the amount paid in buybacks and dividends than the lows of 2020. Already this year, we've over doubled the lows, and I expect this to continue to go up over time as companies realize that they have too much cash. So if we go back to the market overview, in number one, again, we have personal savings. What do people do when they have a lot of savings? They buy the dip. If there is a dip in the market, I think that people will use some of their savings to buy up that dip. In number two, we have business savings. What do businesses do when they have extra cash? They do share buybacks and dividends, which both have an effect on increasing stock prices. And then in number three, businesses have prepared for the worst by changing their cost structure. Most companies right now are running with a better cost structure than before. They're running much more lean. So a lot of companies right now are prepared for the worst and that situation is simply not playing out. Now, in number four, we have business earnings. In May of this year, it was reported that a record share of companies are beating their earnings estimates. With the earnings season more than halfway over, most companies in the S&P 500 have surpassed analyst profit expectation. As of Friday, results from 87% of those that have reported were better than expected. That is above the historical average and on pace for the highest share since 1994. So companies since the beginning of this year have continually beat expectations. And I've noticed this trend continue on throughout 2021. All of my top holdings, every single company that I'm investing in, continues to beat earnings over and over again. Target earnings top estimates. Apple demolishes earnings expectations. Disney beats earnings expectations across the board. Microsoft posts big earnings beat and gives optimistic revenue forecast. Costco beats earning estimates, and so on and so forth. So there you have it. That's my breakdown, my market overview of the different reasons why I think the stock market is going to go up from today. I think it will continue to go upwards. And I think if you break down the risk, of course, it has to be said that there is a chance I'm wrong. There's a chance that the stock market will have some big dip or sell-off. That could happen. But when I look at the risks and the pros and cons, I personally think that you're taking on greater risk by keeping your money out of the market than keeping it in. Keeping your money out of the market runs the huge risk of the market racing up without you. 
And then it becomes very difficult to jump back in because you're paying an ever-increasing price for the same companies. So in my case, I'm investing for probably the next 20 plus years. And with that very long time horizon, I consider it far more risky in my situation to not invest right now than to invest. I think there's a bigger chance of me losing money to opportunity cost than there is to a sell-off. So for me, I'm going to continue to invest aggressively. One other thing I want to mention, on this note of the financial media, of YouTube clickbait, of everything that we have going around in the market right now, is that I think between pessimists and optimists, optimists win. This is something that Jake Rosser wrote, an investor I follow, that said optimists win. Investors like to flex their skeptical bent, believing that they can see through the nonsense because they are sober-minded and demand a margin of safety unlike, quote, those gamblers. A certain degree of cynicism makes sense as we are hardwired to perceive threats more forcefully than positive events. Further, doubt is the bulwark against the Wall Street hype machine. Yet in our experience, we find optimists most often win the day. Skepticism is inherently valuable in investing, but I have found I need to engage skeptically with my pessimism, not my optimism. Optimists are more likely to be persistent and have more imagination. Imagination would seem like one of the worst, if not harmful, investing traits to have, yet it opens up more what-if scenarios and adds more balance to the prevailing pessimistic chorus. I think he's spot on. Right now, we have the prevailing pessimistic chorus. We have our daily barrage of different thumbnails with flames in the background, warnings about all the various ways that the market is going to crash. But the data says the complete opposite. The data says that if we stay invested for a long period of time into high-quality companies, we'll make tons of money, not just a little bit, but the stock market works very hard. Companies are extremely productive. If we have the ability to stay invested into highly productive companies, we'll make a lot of money in the process. So even though right now the popular thing might be to flex your skeptical bent, I think that this can actually hurt your returns over time. I've said before that I don't think the difficult part of investing is finding great companies to buy. In fact, I think it's rather easy to identify great companies. If you go back in time, just a few years, could anyone really have guessed that Apple was a good investment? or Microsoft? Could you have guessed that Disney's a good company, or Costco, or Home Depot, or Nike, or Comcast, or Target? Of course you could. These are great companies. Finding good companies is very easy to do, but staying invested in them and not getting talked out of them when there's scary news all the time is very difficult. So between the pessimists and the optimists, I find myself firmly on the side of the optimists. I believe that my companies are highly productive, very resilient. Even if there's a market sell-off or 20% decline or a 30% decline, I think that these companies will give a positive expected return over the next 10 years. So I'm buying as much of these great productive companies and ETFs as quickly as I can. So that's my thoughts on the market today. I hope you enjoyed this little update. If you like this type of content, be sure to subscribe to the channel. And also you can check out the Patreon. There's a free trial. You can join and see if you like it. You gain access to a very active Discord community with over 1,500 members, as well as a lot of other exclusive content and other fun things to do. So I'll see you on the Discord if you join that. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode.